Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com. That's K-O hyphen fi.com forward slash alone or you can go to alone with invisible people.com forward slash support us to find out more thank you hi i'm rebecca gallardo the host of alone in a room with invisible people i am here today with author and teacher holly lyle and we are going to be answering the writing questions of the ama uh before we do that holly how was your week it was pretty decent um I focused on the revision of the Ohio novel, and uh, I got, I wrote about 45, 50,000 words and took out almost that many. So I had a small net gain in actual words, but uh, I am down to the last five or six chapters. Before I'm done, it, this has been a really grueling revision. This uh, entire week, you got forty or fifty thousand words done. Yeah, of revision. I didn't. Yes. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big chunk. Yeah, I, it was. It was. I I worked really long hours, um, and I just really really stayed focused, and I didn't get much of anything else done, but I got that done by God. Yeah, well, I mean, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you, you have to f- completely focus on the writing. And sometimes yeah. you're lucky enough to have the space in your life to do that. Um, with the... It's it's not just luck, obviously, because, you know, we talk about making space and we talk about priorities and stuff in the in the podcast. But there are just some people out there that that have so many different things that they're in charge of like single moms when you were a single mom Mm -hmm. I don't see you having the time to dedicate as much to writing as you as you are capable of doing now no no that was tough um I had to write when you guys were asleep Uh, I wrote when you guys were at school um but when you were smaller uh, even, you know, even when I was married, it was, I was home, he was at work, and... Yeah, you had to write when we were sleeping. I had to write during nap also, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing, is like, if if you're somebody out there who's listening to this and thinking like, oh, well, you know, that's great, but she's a professional writer, and she, you know, teaches writing, and she's got, you know, the time to devote to that, eh, yeah, yes, but it's because she dedicated time in these little pockets to create this career so if you really really want it you'll create the pockets you'll write and then hopefully the the goal is that you will create this this life for yourself where you have the the space to make that your priority I mean that's we all do things a little bit differently but if being rich and famous is your priority writing is probably not the (laughs) 
That's not the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> that is seriously not the way to go. The thing to focus on is just to use the time you have. And if you only have 10 or 15 minutes, use that. Yeah. It, it adds up over time. It really does. Well, I think I think you did um, you did something uh, write a book with me where you were doing either a set number of words or a set three hundred and fifty words a day. Yeah, that's right, that's yeah. right. So that was and and uh, you know with Holly that is a very very short amount of words. Mm-hmm. So um, like when we were growing up, I remember her goal was on average thirty five hundred a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, it I was have, way more, you know, so, 10,000, yeah. whatever, but... Mm, there were a few days, there were a few bad days where I had to do 10,000 words a day. Yeah. Um, but that was never the goal. The goal, I think my my biggest average goal was about 5,000 words a day, which in itself was brutal. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, um, what, was that Phoebe Rain or Midnight Rain? I don't that remember. was a lot of books. Yeah. I know that 3,500 was your more relaxed... It's mm-hmm. a good day kind of thing. But that was that was the average that I remembered. Um yeah. but yeah, like, like we're talking about it's it, and and we can we can go over priorities and stuff and but it's it's just you don't want to look at what Holly's doing and think you can't do it because you don't have time. You can do it. You do have time. It's just you might have less time to, you know, be able to prioritize into writing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah th- you can, that's you can generally do 250, maybe 350 words in 10 minutes after you've built up to it. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to say we've got a lot of beginning writers and, and that might right. take you an hour and that's fine. You, yeah. You've also got to look at how much Holly gets done in an hour versus how much you can get done in an hour, how much she knows about the revision, revision process and that this is a huge um thing that she does repeatedly and learn something new every time and then look at how much you know about revision you you might just think it's editing or something so it's there's always just these it, there's so much context that you have to be able to understand when it comes to somebody's week or day or whatever right right but most people can find 10 minutes a day yeah yeah absolutely and- and you can do something. You can do some writing in 10 minutes a day, even if it's 100 words, even if it's 50 words. At the end of a week, at 50 words, you'll have 250 words, which is more than a page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, well, yeah, more than a page in the, uh, the what was it, Courier Manuscript. New 12, yeah, 12 point, yeah. yeah. Um, so as far as my week goes, I'll just say, like, I am I'm getting through this revision I am hoping to have it to my bug hunters shortly. I was hoping for the 15th, but then I didn't um, put into account podcast and then also intense, intensive house cleaning because of the surgery and recovering. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to the point where I can do things like vacuum <laughs> and Tony That's doesn't nice. do things like vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> like he just doesn't think of it and I don't yeah. want to ask him because he's already doing so very much he, he right. works a crazy schedule he's now the chief of the fire department he's like he's going it's just insane so um yeah I didn't take into account all of the shit I needed to catch up on just for me and this this part this is like self-love kind of thing <laughs> I cannot live in this house 
if it's if it's so filthy because it starts impacting the mental health side of things and I get depressed and get shitting on myself. So I had to do a decent amount of cleanup, but also because of, of my condition, I'm slower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and all this other stuff. So I'm, I'm still working on it. But that part is making me happy. So it's, you know, but I am, I, I am getting into the revision and trying to get a lot done because of also the surgery and because of the intense depression I felt right before it for probably about two weeks or so, mm-hmm. three weeks. Uh, I wasn't working on it. So I have to, I'm going back and reading and trying to remember, okay, this is the timeline. So yeah. then, and then, so yeah, that's adding a little bit of time, and it's frustrating because um, I really wanted to have it done by the fifteenth, just because that gives them a solid two weeks to to read everything, get it back to me, and then I can start putting together the final version, including the acknowledgments and and the. Um, the cover and all this other stuff yeah. for September so I can have it out by October. <sighs> it's just very, very frustrating. Um, so yeah, let's get into the questions today. And today cool. we're focusing on the writer or creativity focused AMA questions. So the first one is actually about um, aphantasia. And I have to, to kind of let you know what this is first. Um, I know I had mentioned it before, but we're very busy and I doubt you would have gotten a chance to look it up. And even if you did, I don't know if you'd remember quite what it was. When I say it, you'll kind of remember it, I'm sure. Yeah. So what it is, is aphantasia is they have the lack of ability to actually visualize. They have no internal monologue. They have no voice in the head. And they have, like, if you say picture an apple, they have no ability to picture an apple. That's tough. Yes. Yes. So the question is basically, like, and I don't think either of us can answer this. The question was, I'm wondering which camp you fall into, whether you have, you know, aphantasia or not, and what impact that may have on your creative process. (laughs) Okay. Um, I don't have aphantasia. I have, I I think I I might have polyphantasia. Yeah. Where I have, I have all of these different little voices that I can pull from and all of these different images that are in my head constantly. Yes. But, but for someone from the opposite end of the camp, um, there are things called visual dictionaries that have pictures of everything that, that are... Um, if you have to look up a motor and you have never been inside your car, you can't hold this image in your head. Then you flip to the part in the, in the visual dictionary that has the thing and it has it all right there and it's all labeled and you can see the, the different angles of it. Um, and it has this for all kinds of stuff. And then you go, I think, to some of the, uh, websites that focus on, on images like, um, hell, I use bigstockphoto.com just for my yeah. my cover art and stuff like that. But um, if you go to a place that has pictures, then you pick a picture and you purchase that picture for a buck or whatever and you put it on your on your 
hard on your on your hard drive and you make sure that picture is available so that when you're writing about your character you have the picture right there and you it's it becomes visceral to you then if you can't hold it in your head that's not a handicap it's just another way of getting to the same place i love your view on that and by the way there's also pixel bay and there, there's a bunch of free stock oh, photo God, sites yeah. too i can't say anything as to how difficult it must be to try to be an artist or a writer with aphantasia because i can say for a fact that as an artist i always have to have a reference so i'm assuming it would be a lot like that um well i can't say always because if i'm doing certain things with um you know more abstract work or whatever when it comes to actually having to draw something that I want to get accurate, I always have to have a reference. And I don't see that as a weakness. I see that as just somebody who wants to make sure that this thing is done right. But yeah. when it comes to writing and, you know, creating out of your head and stuff like that, I, I cannot imagine the difficulties that somebody would face, especially like without a an internal monologue. A lot of this too, though, is you would be used to it having grown up like this as as much of you know as a an unfortunate thing as it might be it would still be something that you're used to like my inability to smell <laughs> you know right. I'm completely used to it but yeah I don't think either one of us can say anything about how anything could have an impact on our creative process as far as because we we haven't lived with it we haven't learned how to maneuver and and use different tools i mean i think it's brilliant that you mentioned the visual dictionaries there's an artist online who who has learned to um basically start training herself to hold these images in her mind and she thinks she's getting better so we are not the people to ask when it comes to this not not one bit uh, we, we might think we have opinions on it but it doesn't matter because we're not living with it Right. And the, trying to be creative. The thing to keep in mind is that everybody builds their own brains. It's and and everybody's brain is different. They all have places where they there there is you just can't know what you don't know. And this is everybody. We all have blank spots. We all have things that we don't get because we've never lived with it, we've never seen it, we've never heard of it, we don't know about it. So it's all just different ways of moving towards the same goal. And it's a challenge for everyone. It's just a different kind of challenge. So use, use the tools you have and push yourself to explore new tools. But don't look at it as a handicap. Look at it as just a different way of seeing the world. And what you have is unique and something that you can bring to a story that nobody else has yeah yeah it's i would also say and i'm not meaning to be a dick about this but don't use it as an excuse don't you, you don't <laughs> the world piles on enough shit on our plates we we've got enough crap to overcome mm -hmm. and and get down to to sitting down and then overcome the blank page or overcome our fear and procrastination you don't need to add something else to it. There are people out there that are creating 
And there are people out there long dead that have created that have had this. We just didn't have a name for it. We didn't know it existed. Uh, you, you don't know what writers might have suffered from aphantasia and still created things. This isn't, uh-huh. you know, it, it's like in the past, what kids had um, what was it, seizures and stuff and they thought that there was demons and they had to, to exercise the demons and stuff. So it's just stuff that we hadn't figured out yet. Just science we haven't figured out yet. So there were creatives that created that had this kind of issue. So don't let it be the excuse that you're less than loving, the less than self-loving side of you pushes into your face and say, oh, you can't do this. (laughs) Right. Ignore that. My theory on impressionism is that somebody without it was, glasses? Yes, nearsighted yes. nearsighted artists because when I take off my glasses I see impressionism. Yes, that's so, that's what I've always thought too. I'm like, oh yep. oh they just didn't have glasses. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um that is the aphantasia question. So let's go to how long and this is I think all of these are for both of us. How long did it take you to internalize your writing process? <laughs> um, if it changes, it can, if it continuously changes, you can't really internalize that, no. right? Because if you're internalizing it, then you're not going to be open to changing it. You're going to get stuck and like, no, it has to be this way. Yeah, that's I. I experiment constantly. I have things I try. And things that generally work for me, but when they don't work for me, I will try something else. So I do not have, aside from sitting my ass in the chair and bringing up my document and reading the previous day's work or the previous half of the previous day's work, I don't have a process. I have a lot of different shit I know how to throw against a wall to see what works. Yeah, I I mean... That's that's the one thing that I stopped doing that I can say because it wasn't I don't know. It maybe it changes it changes per book, yeah. but I was going to say I'm not I haven't been reading the last uh day's work like while it's fresh and I'm I'm writing the first draft. Mm-hmm. I don't do that, but I I think that again, it changes all of the time. And I have this feeling like so many people they see things like you know, the writer who pours the two fingers of liquor and sits down and it's 11 o'clock at night and they're, they're sitting down to a typewriter and this is their routine and they always go through this. And there's like this romantic view of how writers, it's, it's like they have to have this, this process and it's this, this really, really romantic view of it now whether or not it has alcohol I'm, I'm just using Hemingway basically as as this kind of um example because people are constantly you know talking about Hemingway or it, it, some people if you have this process that gets you into it then that's great but you also I think being locked in to one single process isn't good for your muse because the the internal editor likes the routine it likes the and 
A lot of writers don't want to call their process a routine, but that's what it is. A lot of creatives hate the word routine. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like, and th- there's nothing wrong with this because some people can absolutely they have this this routine. It always works for them, and then when they sit down, they have this very very set process, and it always works for them, and that's fantastic. That is not that is not me for sure. Um, if if that is what you have, then go for it. Then then you know that's great and you can ask somebody how long they took to internalize their process and I have no idea how long it would take somebody with a routine who's had the same routine for the longest time um when it comes to my process like I'm always it it seems to change not just by book but by day it it's just because one day I might just be raring to go and I sit down and I just zone immediately and then other days I might have to focus on playing first you know I I definitely am not the person to to ask that Um, if you guys have set routines and if they always work and if they've never failed you please you know comment in in the the thread for this and and again this is not this isn't humble brag bs this isn't you know not humble brag bs this is just hey i've always had a routine and it works for me because again like we say there's no one true way and we both know that there's a lot of similarities between us and what we do and there's an infinite amount of other ways to do things yeah The one thing that you said in there I think is really important too, and I want to dig in a little deeper on that, which is the movie version of writing fiction. And if if you have ever seen Romancing the Stone, the author sitting there at the beginning at the the opening credits she is writing along and her fingers are flying and she and the page is whipping through and she's still working on a typewriter because those were the olden days and then she hits it the, the last page and she's typing the end and she's got tissues all over the room yes. and she's crying and and she's done and this is uh, and she says, oh, God, that's so good. And she's crying. And, you know, and it's a great scene, but it's complete bullshit <laughs> because that's first draft. I mean, you know, and she takes this manuscript and lugs it into her editor yes. that she knows on a first name basis. And they are hanging out in the bar together. But well, that this might is... happen for somebody who had the popularity and money of her. Sure, and who lives in New York <laughs> yes, City yes. and a block away from her editor so that she can walk or whatever. Very yes. nice. Very nice to be her. But that's first draft. That's that is, you know, no matter how good you are, you got to go back through and reread that shit before you can send it out. Yeah. Even if you don't make major changes, you got to go back through and make sure you your hands did not do stupid shit to make you look like a fool. Well, yeah, like just just the brain transposing different incorrect grammatical, you know, phrases or words or mm-hmm. I mean just the there there and there or you're and your or the right. the it's that I have a problem with which 
the uh, mm-hmm. the apostrophe S versus the S, even though I know it is is no apostrophe. Yeah, but well, they're homophones, and and the part of your brain that is creative, your muse, hears the words, doesn't see the spelling. Your left brain, your editor, knows the spelling, but your editor's not the one that's writing. Yeah. So you've got these two brains with different processes, and if you just give it to the one who doesn't know how to spell you got a problem (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's a lot of a lot of the films are like that i did i I think it was um it was a movie about a guy just right the screenplay the screenwriter that just wanted the girl so he told her he was the screenwriter and he was writing a movie i remember that one being far more accurate but Mm -hmm. um yeah the if if you guys have your own version of this please let us know i can't internalize (laughs) a process because it's always changing. It is always shifting. It's it's like the 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 moon going through all of these different phases and coming back again. And and yeah. but at the there's same time, there's a pattern to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at the same time, there's always new stuff to try. You know, because right. your your muse will, will be like, oh, let's try this. But yeah, that's that's definitely one that I could not. I couldn't even go close to answering. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and this one. Do you ever get jealous of other writers, and how do you handle it? No. I don't. I I figure we are all different. We are all doing our own things. And there is... There's nobody else who could write my books, just like there's nobody else who could write their books. Some people are going to find more readers because they are writing in a an accessible genre um, and because they're good I mean let's not let's not leave out because they're good but there is also this this luck factor and you can't you can't do anything to affect luck S- Stephen King uh, JK Rowling the, the whole black swan phenomenon of they were in the exact right place at the exact right time and have not been able to duplicate their success with other projects or with pseudonyms um, because it's just that the lightning strikes phenomenon. You can't, <laughs> yes, cat, <laughs> you can't, you can't be jealous about that because you, you also can't be, to look at luck and to say, well, um, the guy who wrote the fuzzy papers, what was it, H.P. Piper, I think, mm-hmm. committed suicide right before the, these books that he had written that would have gotten him out of debt and fixed his life went huge. You know, and well, was that luck? Was that some sort of horrific opposite of Stephen King? It's just the way things go. Um, you don't, no, you, 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 that would be like being envious of him for his success after his death. Shit happens, and you can't predict it uh, and you can't know that it's going to happen. And all you can do is the best you can do. And then you count your own successes. And you don't look at anybody else and compare. Well, I'm going to take the opposite spectrum of that. Um, hell yeah, I get jealous. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest. Hell yeah. I get jealous of other writers who can write, you know, 
every single day and 3,500 words a day or 5,000 words a day and then put out a book every other month and, and they're, they're, the initial reaction for me is I wish I could do that. You know, damn it, you know, like why can't I do that? I do get jealous. I just don't let it stay. Um, I, I get jealous of people who, you know, have been, you know, if you're younger than me and you're already published, my initial reaction is, you know, jealousy. I, I, it, I think that jealousy is a very human reaction, but the reason it's important to notice instead of to feed is <laughs> that you, jealousy is just your brain's way of saying, this is something I want or this is something I should have done. And to me, if it's, this is something I should have done, I parlay that into, if that's the correct way to say it. <laughs> that's it. Um, into this feeling of motivation because I don't want to be it to be another 10 years uh, and and feeling jealous of somebody who is now my age. So if you're out there and you're 23, 25, you've already published, I'm going to be jealous of you. So let that make you feel good. And then I'm also going to say, okay, why am I jealous of this person? It's because I feel like I should have done this already. I, I wasted so much time, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to actually kind of do this self-exploration. And then I'm going to use that as motivation to to not let this happen again. The other thing is if somebody else is doing, you know, making a lot of money or having a lot of sales or something like that, I use that. I, I again, flip it into motivation. Now, the, the big sales thing, the big money thing, that does not motivate me quite so much. A, a steady income, be, and I think a lot of this is that I'm a cancer, and I know a lot of people don't put any stock into, you know, astrological symbols and signs and stuff, but if you've ever read a cancer's, um, you know, like the, the description of what the cancer personalities are like, that is me to a T. Overly melodramatic, uh, overly melodramatic, you know, quick to uh, try to make amends. It, it, and one of those things is security. So a steady income as a writer, if I see somebody continuously making steady, steady money, they can pay all their bills and, you know, they're not JK Rowling or anything like that. Then I'm, then that there's the jealousy creeping in, but I find out why. And I use that to motivate myself. I, I ask questions of, okay, I'm jealous because they have a secure income. How can I do this for myself? What are they doing that I can, I can replicate? Mm -hmm. Like I can't, like you said, everybody writes differently. So I can't write like them. Everybody right. writes in different genres. I'm not going to write in a genre I don't love because this person doing so much work, most likely they love it. Now I'm not going to say that, that for sure, you know, some writers and we know a few of them, um, have written in genres that they didn't like just because they made money. But I'm, I'm looking at the things from what they're doing and trying to figure out a way to make it my own. So if they are publishing every other month, 
I look at, okay, well, what would it take for me to do that? And then you just kind of weigh the, the differences in what they're doing and what you want to do. How long have they been writing? How long have you been writing? How well they know the system? How well do you know the system? And, it, and it's, and by system, I mean, if they have 30 books out and the last 20 have been every other month, then you're like, okay, well, it took them about 10 books to figure out how to get it to the point where they could publish every other month. And maybe that's something you could do. Maybe it's something that you don't want to do. But yeah. yeah, I'm just saying like, I, th I think I'm, I'm sure not everybody gets jealous and that's great. But for me, as somebody who is 37 years old and I don't have anything published fiction wise in, in my favorite world that I've wanted to write since I was 19 and that I have nothing under my name, especially after deleting the Etsy book from everywhere I could find because I don't support that company anymore. Um, it, it's an initial reaction that I have, but again, it's a human reaction and maybe it's that muse and then you just have to kind of, it's the, it's the kid-like part. It's the, the primal part of you too that automatically reacts like that. So you have to kind of just figure out how to flip it. Yeah. Did you or have you had an idea for a novel that you knew in your heart would be awesome to write, but when it came down, when it came to getting down the words, you struggled with, re with getting the story out? If so, how did you overcome this blockage and get the written novel that you wanted, that you so wanted to write? Um, ideas are not novels. And there are a million different good ideas that sound great until you start to write them. I have had a lot of ideas go bad on me. I have had um, multiple things where I got, I got a long way in and realized I was writing a book I shouldn't have been writing um, because the idea was just not, it didn't fit me. It didn't fit my philosophy. It didn't fit. So there, I have a lot of, I have a lot of hard drive zombies. Um, I have a, a number of things that I quit partway through. If the idea was right for me, I was able to eventually finish it. So um, I'm not in the camp of, well, you have to finish every single story you start. I know that until you start finishing stories, you can't have a career. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, even recently... Um, the first draft of Dead Man's Party, I ran right through that bad boy. But as I started into the revision of it, I discovered that in order to make it actually good, um, I was going to have to do things that were way outside of what I wanted to write. So that's, you know, that's a completed hard drive zombie. I have a, couple, I have a thing called Black Dog um, that was a paranormal supernatural. And um, I got eh, 25,000, 30,000 words into it and had it die on me. And it was, it was just that I discovered I was writing a book that was wrong for me. So, you know, ideas are, are the oxygen of the writing world. 
They're everywhere. They're, um, they're cheap to free. And if you, if one comes along and it turns out to be wrong for you, it is not a sin to walk away from it and find an idea that fits you better. Um, for me, this is kind of how every book works. So like all the short stories that I've written or the novellas, I've been really lucky in that I've just busted my ass through them, you know, just, just a ton of stuff. And again, a lot of these, a lot of, I've been getting more comments on Instagram and, and comments on, on, uh, Facebook or through the email. You guys can't find my written works for sale other than what's under Nymph de Pav. And, um, because the other thing that I did is it's a separate, um, pen name. I haven't written from it in years. I don't, I'm, I'm not going back to that. I don't think so. My focus solely is on Fulton Hills and putting something out under my name. So if you want to find my super old stuff, including fan fiction from when I was a kid and, and slightly older, <laughs> you can look up Nymph de Pav and have fun. It's, I, I don't think that it's horrible writing. I don't think that it is bad. Some of it is actually, to me, I'll re, I haven't reread it in a few years, but the last time I did, I thought it was quite good. You know, I thought, hey, this is, this is not bad. But then again, I was working from you know, somebody else's worlds, an established world. Um, it's much easier to write fan fiction. Yes, it is. But the, um, well, you don't know, you've never written it. So <laughs> shuddy. <laughs> I, I did collaborations in somebody else's world. I got to write with Elsprague de Camp, who was a hero of mine. And I got to write uh, a story in his world. And it was pure, but for me, that was fan fiction because I got to write his characters. I got to write his world. Yeah, that kind of fits. Yeah. And then he read the story and he loved it. And I got to meet him in person and he said, I loved your take on God. It was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Oh, it was wonderful. And it was, and that was totally groupy fan fiction. I just got paid to do it because I was already a pro. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the thing with that is like, Okay, so all of the, and I have a few novellas, um, and within the mix of all of these different pen names, I think I also, I also went by Vandaline Z. Therese, and <laughs> there was one other name, um, but there's less works out by them, by them, by, by, by them, yes. by me under that, those names. Um, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that I was writing under different names. I w was going through a pen name phase, I guess, um. So, but I've got a ton of stories out. I've got a ton of novellas out. And I have a ton of stories here that I've written that I have yet to publish and novellas. But every book kind of starts out like this. Like I have this great idea and I know in my heart it's going to be amazing. And like even when it came to leaving Wanda Lucia, I, I didn't want to write romance anymore, which is why I backed out, you know, after writing the first two Wanda Lucia books and revising the first one and sending it in and if you guys hadn't heard that story it took what 11 months <laughs> something <laughs> like that to hear back from um from uh I think it was Silhouette. more than a year wasn't it maybe 
I think you had actually gone over a year when you finally heard back. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was insane because they say that, you know, oh, after three months, let us know. And I would write them every 30 days, uh, yeah. 45 days, something like that, and be like, hey, uh, still haven't heard back. Just yes, curious. Yes, after the first three months, every 30 to yes. 45 days. Yes. Yes. And I was very professional. I CC'd mom on them so she knew, you know, like, oh, yeah, these are these are good, you know, follow-up to query letters. And I was just thinking this is never going to happen. So I approached the actual editor on Twitter, and I was like, hey, <laughs> so, yeah, this has been going on. And she immediately got back to me, was very sweet, was very apologetic, read read the book or, you know, I guess like whatever she had time to be able to kind of figure out if the book was right for them. And she said it was very good. It just, it matched a lot of the other things that they were doing right now. And, but please send something again, or please feel free to send us more stuff, which was, to me, it was fantastic growing mm -hmm. up and learning from, from Holly, what you want to hear back please send us more stuff is so much better than the horror stories I have heard from her over and over and over again. <laughs> and other yeah, writers. That is, the, that is the best rejection letter you can get. Yeah. Please it, send us more stuff. Yeah. It, and the fact that a company with a high turnover when it comes to these books, you know, they have to get them out and get new ones in to, to, to tell you that, hey, we've got a lot of this right now. That is 100% accurate. You know, that is not some bullshit throwaway line. That That is, you know, what you're writing kind of fits everything that we've got coming out in this one line or whatever it is. Because remember, they do this kind of central fiction. So they, they put out these, these, um, these orders like, hey, this is what we're looking for. And then they get so much of that that they have to close that down and, hey, this is what we're looking for now. And then they get a ton of of submissions in that area and then they don't need that anymore because they have flooded their own market in that one subgenre of a genre um <laughs> but even the wanda lucia books i would sit down i would have this really fantastic idea and i would start writing them and you struggle to get the story out and again this is this is difference between somebody who is a 30-year Wow. No, 35 years? I don't know. You, you've been in the game for a very, very long time. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you've got, you know, decades of actual publication under your belt and getting stuff done under a time on under intense deadlines. And I have never had to deal with that. So my mind hasn't adjusted to to the stress of a deadline, to the stress of, oh shit, I got to get this figured out now, today, this minute. Um, and I still go through this process where I have an idea. I love it. I start to work on it. I start to build it. It's not right. And then you have to kind of keep going. What I want to say is this is common. This is, this is something that all of us struggle with, you know, one point or another, whether or not we're still struggling in 20, 30 years is different. It's just our struggles become less and less. It's not, oh shit, I can't do this or oh shit, this idea isn't good. For me now, it's where are the holes in this story that I need to figure out? Where is it going wrong? What is my brain not liking about this idea? It's a puzzle. It's like drawing. You can 
get to the point where you're insanely good and can draw like a printer and you never make a mistake and that's fine. But I'm not like that. I have to start with a really, really bad sketch and then erase and move things around. I'm a very slow artist, if you didn't know that. <laughs> um, it takes me forever to get things done to the point at least where everything is accurate and in a good spot and and proportionally correct. And then the shading part is fun. It's just meditative and it doesn't take as long. But it takes me forever to get things in the right place. Which is coming back to writing, I'm a lot faster at it because I've been doing it longer. But that's all you're trying to do with ideas. Don't think that the idea is bad. It's just it's not fully re realized yet. You haven't sketched it out. You haven't moved things so that the proportions fit. You haven't started shading in so or, or blocking out little areas so you know where the contrast is. It, it's just the overcoming the blockage is about knowing that this is part of the process and then asking yourself the right questions like Holly says. It's about knowing that the idea is fine. There's nothing wrong with the idea. It's just about building on it. It's it's the same thing about building a house is you can't just say, okay, I want to build this house and it's there the next day. It's not like um, Animal Crossing, <laughs> you know, where you can buy a $2.5 million basement and on a house that's already on a two-story house with a back room that's already built and it's there the next day that just doesn't happen so <laughs> you have that's a nice analogy yeah i think i think we probably have some listeners that play animal crossing i know a few of them because i i uh i friended one of them that is a friend on instagram but it's it's very slow process the newer you are at this overcoming a blockage you just have to figure out why you're blocked and when it comes to the story ideas and it comes to this feeling like you're going to break the story idea or you're not good enough to write the the story that you wanted to write that you're just not you're not a writer any of this that's all bullshit push that out say give yourself permission to to take this one area of your life and just say fuck everybody else Fuck my internal editor. <laughs> I, I am going to write and I'm going to figure this out. It's it's learning a skill. It's learning how to crochet, learning how to knit, learning how to do anything. And the writing is the same way. So you just have to ask, what did I expect from this idea? How can I get it in there? Just ask yourself the right questions. Can you exactly. give some examples of some good questions to ask if you have an idea that's not coming out right? I mean, I know it's very dependent on the writer and the fiction. It, it Well, it's also dependent on the idea, too. But one of the things that you're going to be looking at is, okay, um, why does this character want what he or she wants? How does this character um, approach a problem? How does this character act when afraid? How does this character act... Um, when in love what is different about this character than somebody else and the same thing goes for the world mm -hmm. the same thing goes 
for uh, the antagonist. The same thing goes for just the entire process. You're, you're, if you start by asking who, what, when, where, why, and how, you will not go wrong. Well, I mean, you will go wrong. You yeah. go wrong in a lot of different interesting ways, but there'll be smarter, better ways than if you don't ask who, what, when, where, why, and how, yeah. and answer those questions about the scene, the characters, uh, the conflicts, the world. Um, I think the other thing, too, is not to ask, okay, well, what can I throw in here that's unique or special or different? Or um, how can I make this weird? Don't put that much pressure on yourself. How can I make this the breakthrough novel? How can I do something that no one's ever done? Don't ask these questions of yourself. Don't. Yeah. That is way that's a too very much good point. pressure to put on yourself as any level of a writer. You know? Yeah, the only thing you're trying to do initially is just to write something that doesn't entirely suck. Mm-hmm. And because it's a first thing, it's going to suck some. Uh, there is, and it's so that's okay. The, the objective when you're just getting started is to finish what you start, read through it, figure out how you can make it better, and then move on to the next thing and finish what you start and read through it and figure out how you can make it better. Yeah. And this is generally something that is easier done in short fiction than in long fiction. Yeah. Because it takes a long damn time to write a novel. And it takes and then a figure long out. time to revise it yes. and to find out where you've gone wrong because there's so many places and then to put everything together. So if you've never written it before, like you've never finished a decent amount of short stories and you're going straight to a novel, I'm going to say it's cool to still write in that world, to still write with those characters, but how about write some short stories in the world with the characters and start figuring things out. Start writing these little stories. I mean, it's not necessary. It's not about publishing. So you can write vignettes. You can write slice of life things. And then figure out why they're not great stories. If, if the point is to teach yourself to write, you know, with a beginning, middle, end, using the pack system, which is protagonist versus antagonist in a setting with a twist. And we've done um, the, lot. yeah, okay. we, we've done a <laughs> lot of, I think we actually have an episode going over packs entirely. So I will try to link that in the show notes. But you're talking about trying to, to do this massive project Another thing you can do is just break it down into smaller goals. Yeah. One thing I would like to emphasize here is is the F word. And the F word in this point is fail. It is okay to fail. You just want to fail fast. So that because you can fail your way to success by trying something and missing it, but finishing it and then moving on to the next thing. It is okay to fail. You just keep going and failing until you get better at failing until you fail your way to succeeding the most successful people have failed the most as well yeah that's yeah no joke yeah so uh, failure does not mean that you'll never succeed it just just think of it as you have to fail so many times to get to the success so the failure is just you've taken another step towards success (laughs) that's it's it's hard to wrap your mind around in this world that tells you you have to be a born writer you have to be a born creative and also the failure should be tied to your self-worth because it should not be so many people see their self-worth as part of or or see success and failure as part of their self-worth 
And that is really detrimental to a creative career. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the funny thing is that when we were when we were children, we were brilliant at failing. We we failed at walking, we failed at talking, and we we failed at moving ourselves around the world. And we worked our way towards all of these things a step at a time, fell down, skinned our knees, fell out of trees, got awesome scars. And and we have the scars to tell the tales. And we can now do the things that beat the shit out of us when we were little. And and, and this is life. And you, But people get so afraid of falling down and skinning their knees or looking foolish. When you're a kid, you don't care. You'll yeah. try anything. Yeah, I don't think you've been indoctrinated as a child right. into the societal bullshit that we have. And what is it? As I, I'm pretty sure it was Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins, that says, you know, you wouldn't give up on a child after his first a couple of attempts at walking and say, oh, it's just never going to walk. And right. Yeah, and that's that's a big thing is, is if you are a new writer, you're just learning to walk, dude. Don't put so much goddamn pressure on yourself. Just, exactly. This is what I try to tell people. You're not going to break anything by writing bad. A lot of people are <laughs> so afraid to, to put words on the page, and I get it, man. You are afraid that you are going to destroy that idea, but you can't. You cannot destroy that idea. You cannot break anything through writing a bad first draft. You have to finish something to figure out, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? It's you don't have to do character biographies if you don't like them. You don't have to no. do massive world building if you don't like no. them. Although I feel like you're missing out, but <laughs> that's my personal preference and Holly's too probably. But it's well, she's, a lot she's, of the time, yeah, she's gone. She's scaled back on her world building at this point and builds as mm -hmm. she needs. But it's it is this this fear inside of you is part of the writing journey and it is something that you have to learn to overcome and if you want to be a writer bad enough you will figure out a way to overcome that fear and if you guys are facing this the forums are there and I know that that's another part of fear is putting yourself out there but mom really does Holly has the best people on the internet yeah, we don't allow flamers we don't allow dicks we don't allow talk about politicians or politics or or religions or <laughs> religious people we don't allow any of that shit in there which is extremely nice in election years because you can <laughs> go in and it is the one of the very few places on the internet where you're not going to find a whole bunch of of just negative assholes and and just constant constant bombardment of political crap you can go in there and just talk about writing and if you are facing fears and if you don't know how to overcome things if you don't know how to dig into an idea ask in the forums um just find or create your own thread and you will get a ton of ideas because not everybody does things the same way. And maybe one of those ideas will spark an idea of your own or maybe one of those ideas that somebody else throws out there is going to work perfectly for you just as is. But you don't know until you start looking. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and, and a resource for this that's free and that will help you fail faster is uh, the free 
free three week how to write flash fiction course. Oh God, which yes. is is designed to help you create something very very quickly, that's very short, and to fail fast over and over and over again as you're learning how to walk. And it's showing you how to walk at the same time that you're just throwing things on a page and getting them done. Yeah. And even yeah. if you have been a writer for a long time, like I, I don't remember, I think it was, it was, it's been a few years now since you've put that, that flash fiction course out quite a few. Oh and, yeah. It's been around a while. Yeah. And I was, I've been writing since I was a kid, but I, I think it was a few years after you had put it out that I finally took it. Um, and I learned something from it. It's, it's like, you are never not going to learn something if you're if you're trying to trying to learn. <laughs> it's you, you read everything that you can get a hold of. Try every free class. It's a free class. It's you know, and it's once a week you get an, an email notification that you've got a new lesson up, and you go in there. And if you follow the exact um, way that everything is done, you should have. What, 11, 10 or 11 mm -hmm. finished? 10 stories. or 11, it's, yeah. Yeah, by the by end. By the time of it. you're done. And, yeah. It, I mean, even if you just learn one new thing from some, that's one thing that I took from Tony Robbins that has always been excellent is no matter what book I'm reading, nonfiction wise, usually, or fiction, no matter what class online I'm taking or not online or whatever, if I learn one new thing, it was a win. That's what I have taken from. Tony Robbins and it it's it puts a new perspective on things so definitely if you have an idea for a novel stop putting so much pressure on yourself to get it perfect just have fun play with it don't worry about the words not coming out right because that is what revision is for yeah. even even if you're just doing the outline even if you're just plotting and your words aren't coming out right that's fine just keep going just keep doing whatever it is that's going to get this story out and asking yourself okay well how could I do this part better saying I don't like this part how how do I change it and and just know you're not going to break anything <laughs> yeah so that has been the last AMA for a while, and this one was more writer-focused, which I think is more fun and, you know, hopefully more <laughs> helpful than, you know, I was just talking about stuff. And, um, yeah, so if you want to follow us on the socials, you can follow us on Instagram. That is at Alone with Invisible People. You can follow us on Twitter. That is at AIA. RWIP. You can follow us on Facebook. That is Alone in a Room with Invisible People. And I just want to say the socials have been quite dead recently, and that is my fault. And it does also just <laughs> you can you can take away from the fact that we are incredibly busy, and I am not very good at social media marketing, and um, <laughs> also recovering from surgery. So I mean I don't I'm not going to keep using that as an excuse or anything. I'm just saying piling on all of this stuff, the uh, the social media takes a backseat to you guys getting good content. So I just want to make sure that our priorities are in the right place. Yes. Um. Yeah. So you can also follow us on the website. It is alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. The best place to interact with us and the entire community is Holly's Writing Classes.com. Again, if you haven't 
already signed up for an account that's a free account you don't get a bunch of advertisement there's no advertisement on the site there's no advertisement there's no email advertisement or anything I mean you can sign up for lesson reminders or the free writers tour or there, there's just a whole bunch of stuff on there that's free there's a yeah. bunch of free resources um, and then of course if you would like to support the podcast you can go to coffee that is ko com forward slash alone to support us and i just have to say you know we're, we're looking for other ways to kind of work in some some revenue things that yeah. might be changing soon just because we we really want this podcast to stand alone by itself just mm -hmm. so that it's not a big cost so there are going to be some changes coming up however right now um the amount of support that we have gotten has been amazing. It has been so very helpful. I can't tell you guys how much it means that you guys are willing to support this this podcast when it is, you know, yeah. it's free. And the fact that so many people are out there putting in a couple of dollars here and there or, you know, supporting us monthly, I cannot thank you enough for that. Um, yeah. We love you guys. I can't wait to get into the next few episodes. Remember, in September, we are going to start accepting uh, submissions for our Halloween episode, our annual Halloween episode. That's going to be our third one. I can't believe it. But we are going to be accepting submissions for that. So if you have not done this before, then the how to write flash fiction that doesn't suck is kind of a requirement because I can tell you, I can, we can tell when you mm -hmm. haven't taken that class. <laughs> um, yes. We, yeah. <laughs> we end up having to decline a lot of submissions because they don't fit the parameters of what we're looking for. And I'm not going to go into that right now. We will have another episode where we go into more detail for you. But let me just say, please, please take the how to write flash fiction that doesn't suck course again, free three-week course if you start now yeah. start now yeah because this this will walk you through writing the exact stories that are exactly what we're looking for to read on the episode it is the right word count the right start the right finish the right middle but it's all your story it's just a process yeah so yeah, yeah. and it's not and constrictive if, if mm -mm. you accept the idea that limitations are helpful for the whole creative process and we've discussed this in previous podcasts and we can discuss it again if you guys need us to um <laughs> if you can accept that idea and then fit the it within the limitations and work within the how to write flash fiction that doesn't suck course you can create some really amazing stuff i don't know if you've heard the last few if you haven't heard episodes the the halloween episodes please god Go back and listen because we've had some really amazing stories. They We have. And it's so, so much fun. I love the Halloween episodes so much. I, I keep making this joke about after, you know, August, why is there a September? I know my, <laughs> I have friends who have birthdays in September and I apologize. It's just, I'm ready for Halloween. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the questions. I'm sorry we couldn't even possibly get to, to probably even a quarter of them. We got so many, but they were really good questions and we have some plans for the future with the rest of those, uh, questions. So thank you for listening. We love you guys. Holly. 
We will talk to you next week. And thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. We had a blast and I hope you did too.